listening to the Broadcast Basement On Demand Radio Network. It's the podcast in the Broadcast Basement. Broadcastbasement.com. Welcome to episode 71 of Cinemental. How can you talk if you haven't got a brain? I don't know. But some people without brains do an awful lot of talking. Then why don't you kiss me like everybody else does? How about new? The thing is, Bob, it's not that I'm lazy. It's that I just don't care. I came here like this so you'll know my word of death is true. And that my word of life is then true. Welcome to another episode of the movie podcast that we can only hope you enjoy listening to as much as we enjoy making. My name is Stephen Hovicki, and as always, I'm here with my co-host, Hassan Godwin and Latham Conger III. Our guest tonight is an award-winning artist and writer, co-creator of X-Men Noir for Marvel Comics, and The Devil Ins- and not the, just Devil Inside, with previous sentimental guest, Todd Stashwick. He is currently writing and illustrating a graphic novel for Storm King Comics. Dennis Calero, welcome to Cinemental. Thank you. It's very nice to be here to talk about what's two of my faves of all time i can't wait to get into those but uh first (laughs) as uh anyone who listens to this show knows we must suffer suffer from consumption uh dennis what'd you uh what'd you watch last week i watch i'm watching wandavision it's it's my show uh for the last uh careful with the spoilers people here have not i'm not spoiling uh i'm just gonna say that i i love its precision I love it's a it's a puzzle show. It's a puzzle show, um, but it's really made me fall in love with these characters in a way that I wasn't connecting to them uh, in the films. I bought the Vision's oh. one of my favorite characters of all time, and me I too. and I liked and I liked the portrayal in the Avengers movies. Uh, but uh, I'm really in love with these characters now. I'm really invested. Um, I love Cat Dennings, and um, and I'm I'm hoping uh, that it sticks to landing. I'm I'm hoping that it, it it all the pieces, I'm 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 I have faith, uh, that they put enough, uh, you know this this is, the MCU is a you know is a marquee property, and I'm uh I'm sure that uh fingers crossed, that when it's that we're gonna be blown away by the end, um, and uh, yeah, so I'm watching that. I'm my wife and I are watching Cougar Town. Cougar Town. Of episodes how many every, how many seasons of that were there? I think it's like six. Five or six. Okay. We're on season five now. So it, okay. it went on. This this show was not on my radar at all. Right. Uh, I'm not a particular fan of, of Friends, uh, of the, of that show. So what's um, the what's the premise? The premise is uh, there's some cougars and they're in the five or <laughs> yes, there's some older chicks in a town. Yeah. I actually skipped the first season. My understanding, <laughs> my understanding from Cougar Town fans. Is that the 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 show began as a show about an older woman, Courtney Cox, dating a younger man, but that very quickly they moved on from that premise. It just became a show about six insane friends who are always in each other's houses and they drink wine all day and barely do any work, uh, and they get into misadventures. Uh, and it's 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 the classic. Uh, so it's like become, friends meet Sex in the City. The show is insane. These people act like they're crazy people and you're constantly laughing. And you're also going like, if I knew these people, I would, I would call the cops. They're, they're out of their minds. 
And yet it's so in, it's yet it's so endearing and you like the characters and they do the classic thing, uh, which is laugh, 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 sentiment at the end. And it works. Uh, you know, it's just it's a it's a uh, it's a uh, it's a trick. It's a shortcut, but it always works. Um, and it doesn't overstay its welcome. They're each episode like 20 to 24 minutes or shorter. Um, and they're fun. And it, it, I just like it. It's just, it's a salve. It's just, yeah. It's, you feel like you're with your crazy friends, except that they're, they stay over there away from you and you don't have to deal with that. <laughs> uh, which is, is always the best way to deal with friends. And I did, I did catch up uh, with a show that I've heard so much about uh, called Devs. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I watched Alex Garland show. Yeah, I'm not going to spoil it. Uh, I thought the ending didn't quite stick the landing, um, but I enjoyed so I enjoyed so much of the show that I cannot be mad. And usually I I I I am the kind of person uh, that will get very upset if um, if a show sort of allows logic to unravel because they want to do things, but the writers don't want to go back and do the work of making yeah. things make sense. <laughs> I won't, I won't say that Dev's completely unraveled. I, w- I would say that the ending did not live up to the buildup, but there are images and moments in that show that, that it's been, it, it haunt me, absolutely haunt me. Wow. Uh, and yeah. I would say that there have been shows uh, like a Dexter where I would say like, watch the first season, if that, maybe the second, but like, don't go to the end because the end retroactively ruins the rest, the previous series. I don't say this about devs. I say it's still worth watching. Um, I really enjoyed it. But right now, the show that I get up at four o'clock in the morning for, so I don't get spoiled, is WandaVision. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm literally Fair up at three, four in the morning. Watch, and I was so doing the same thing uh, with The Mandalorian. And I'm glad uh, I did. I'm glad. Can we spoil The Mandalorian? Yes, you can. Yeah. I, I am thrilled that i was able to watch that last episode and watch skywalker show up without being spoiled at all and be there excited going like are they re- are they really gonna do it is this really gonna happen oh oh my god without <laughs> being spoiled so i just made it, that point on dolce show with uh with all the speculation and everybody's doing and people ripping just just eating themselves alive to try to figure out to be the first to scoop a story on how everything's going to turn out Wait, 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 Wanda, I, I'm a little bit more forgiving with that with WandaVision only because it is a puzzle show. It, 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 is, it is a show that's asking you. I mean, the same questions the Internet is asking are questions on the whiteboard in the show. Like it, it, you're supposed to be asking those questions. But anyway, it's, please continue. it's fine, but it should be up to you as to whether or not you engage in it. And there's some sure. stuff that you, they're, they're giving spoilers away in the headlines, you know, yeah, in the, that's so, there's spoilers yeah, that in the speculation. Yeah. Like, is it, you know, is it uh, Darth Maul who's in charge of, you know, like it's, it's <laughs> and you're like, fuck, you know, like even if even if you even if I read the article and you don't even come to that conclusion, you've already yes. peaked the, the, you know, the, the, the curiosity to the point where now, you know, I don't know. It, it's just, no, I, I think it. it's, I, you know, it's, it, it's, it's the same hysteria that has us doing reviews of trailers, yeah, you know, yeah, I, yeah. I, I agree. I agree. So, I mean, but that's speaking, that's I mean, wait, speaking, speaking of, if you're, sorry, go ahead. Oh. Dennis. I was just going to say what it, what infuriates me is that the those the spoilers in the image the thumbnail the spoilers in the headline if people are seeking out that content you don't you could just say let's talk about that thing that happened I mean, people will seek that content out right. you don't have 
I should be able to go on the internet at 10 o'clock in the morning, the day WandaVision drops and not be spoiled. It's, you know, agree. Yeah. It should be courtesy at this point. I've seen how you post spoilers, uh, uh, Dennis, and it's probably, probably the most innovative way of doing it where it's like ten there's a warning space. and then yeah. there's a long yeah. stanchion but you know yeah, like if you don't it's your fault now yeah don't hit don't hit the read more button <laughs> right i, I, yeah. I remember on the, this but be, let's you know being on the bus to go home and there's a you know a certain character in in uh some show i was watching. i think it's boardwalk empire so you know i'm on the bus to get home in, in my normal time, in the normal time frame, it's not like three weeks later or right, I'm, right. I'm four hours late to go home and someone posted, oh, no, so and so. I mean, without. Yeah. You know, and it, and you're like, come Fuck. on. And then they're like, well, you should have you should have been home to see it. You know, that, that like, kind of logic. So, yeah, we don't live in that world anymore. Like, no. let's just stop saying those things because we live in a world where people people are getting to these things when they can and i'm not saying like don't spoil the sixth sense i'm saying like (laughs) the show just dropped (laughs) give me give people 24 40 give them to the end of the weekend yeah so i agree i agree it should should just be a standard real problem everyone has to be the first to discuss it you know live online you know yeah because there's some kind of prestige point in it and it's just It's ridiculous. It's invisible. It doesn't exist. It just because you're on the internet, you think that's important. It doesn't doesn't mean anything. I, you know, guys, I'm going to say one thing about the internet. I, I think what what binds all of these things that we're discussing, I truly believe, is that when people are on their computers, even though they're looking at pictures of people and they 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 understand on an intellectual level that all these little messages and things are there's people behind them psychologically it's not impacting it's like I'll, I'll i'll just give you one example without something i always say people say things on the internet about people to people that i know they would never say in person oh, yeah. they would yeah. never say at a party at a bar they would never talk like that but they feel and, and, and I, I genuinely believe it's not just because they feel emboldened and they know they're doing something that they I mean, there's there's that i'm sure there is that but I do think that a lot of it is like, for example, there was a study done on road rage. Speaking of road rage, uh, that oh, you think it is a psychosis, some kind of it's, psychosis. Well, it's that one study said people freak out in a car because they're not able. Like, if someone makes a mistake in another car, you don't see their face to see that micro uh, expression that goes, oh, "Oh, you know, I'm sorry, uh, sorry about that," uh, uh, you know, whatever. And and normally that person will go fine. Because they're not seeing a face, the brain interprets it like they made it. They did something to me. They did it with purpose, and they did yeah. it with purpose, and they're telling me to go fuck myself, That's right. which is not <laughs> probably not what's happening. And now they think they beat me. That's another yes, thing. Now they you think know? they beat. Yes. They're gonna get ahead of me. Yes. They're gonna get it. Like, calm down, buddy. You, you'll you'll get <laughs> nobody, you'll get to the AMP. After you. <laughs> you're, you're fine. That's why no tinted windows suck. That's right. There's a, there's a phenomenon on. Um, they say they uh, for climbing mountains. I think for, especially for Everest, it's called summit fever, where you start. You just you just abandon fever. all your all you, you abandon all your morals and you you pass people who are dying in front of you so that you could get to the top of the summit. Yeah. And I think that's the same. There's there's a there's a species of that 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 happens with this online uh, hysteria. But look at I mean, look at the Capitol riots. 
Right. I mean, all those people incriminated themselves. They, those people just like, I mean, what what kind of person documents their own crime? You know, and, 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 and I, about I, it. I have an answer for that. I think for a lot of them, for a lot of them, not that there's some obviously that, that were more sort of deliberately nefarious. But I think for a lot of them, I'm looking at the the riots on TV and I'm like, they're having they think this is a fun time. Yeah. They and they're not involved. stopping yeah. to think for one second that there's going to be any consequences. Yeah. Because uh, everyone around them is doing it. It's, it's literally mob mentality. Oh, everyone I, I, I took this it. letter from, from Speaker Pelosi's office, but I left her a quarter. I what paid a, her what for it. What a hoot. What a hoot. Look at me. <laughs> How does that day <laughs> oh, end? Oh, shit, I'm arrested. Oh, there's these fucking FBI. Oh, 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 boy. That day has to <laughs> yeah. end somewhere. Good, good. Yeah. How does that day yeah, end? Like Latham said, it doesn't go on. Yeah, but that's when... <laughs> But that's what that's what nobody thinks about. It's like, wait, yes, this is, you know, this, this, this ball is going to go gonna, home or go somewhere. We have to end this ball is going to come down no matter Federal how high jail. I throw it up. It's going to come back down, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm, I don't want to be here when it when it gets here. So, right. yeah, it's, it's like shooting crazy. guns up in the air. Hey, guess what? You know, those bullets come back down. They don't just, they don't just stick to the cloud. That's a great <laughs> analogy. Yep, 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 that's yep. a great analogy. Yeah, it is. Boom. I don't care where this inanimate object lands. Yeah, so, you will uh, in a minute. Yeah, yeah you so, will. You, you will. You you possibly will very soon. So spending two days in the hospital cut into my watching time last week. Yes, uh, yes, go will. hospital. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that had to do with it. I mean, we're all about to be crushed by all the media we just watched. Because even when it's two days in the hospital, yeah, Dennis, we've this... watched 75 <laughs> movies and 10 minutes right. all the way through. Yeah, this is gonna be this is gonna be embarrassing <laughs> okay. to all of us. Yeah, what, yes. Before you even speak, Steve, I would yes. like to ask how it is that you managed to find an image of a sunset on the television when you took your picture in the hospital. <laughs> yeah. All right. That is a that is a level of <laughs> That is a level of genius yeah. I have level yet up. to come across. Level up. You level up. Yeah. Hey, you know, I, I do what I can. That's playing the um, game on a on a level that no one no one else has has dared to play tempt- the game. That's tempting fate, is what that is. Yeah, right. <laughs> I was oh, wow. in a flotation so tank for six days, but now I'm yeah. going to tell you about the fifty movies I watched. <laughs> All right. So we're uh, a little bitter, uh, uh, Dennis, because because we always get destroyed by Steve. Yeah, yeah. That's so basically I, the dynamic. I, I, uh, I began my Saturday, uh, <laughs> my Saturday of six films with uh, with six a rewatch films. with a with a rewatch of bestseller. Oh, uh, oh, the wow. Brian, the Brian Dennehy, James Woods movie, because uh, there was something wow, I was trying to going, there was tr- something I was trying to remember about it. And uh, was it that it sucked? No, I enjoy that movie. Oh, okay. I, I mean, I know James Woods is a kook, but uh, well, I, I enjoy now. a lot a of his stuff early on. Yeah, um, early on, he was just an actor. Yeah, I uh, remember it being pretty good. So then I watched. Uh, I began. I began my trek through the the awful world of House sequels and watched House Two: oh, A Second no. Story. Oh boy, oh, that, oh. Hurts. that hurts. That like movie effect build a house. I think. That movie made me want to build the house so I could get on the second floor and jump out. <laughs> Dude, it was, yeah, it, it's it watching it was literally painful. I mean, I'm like, you're like, uh, how does this? I mean, I understand it. You know, that was a cash grab because House did so well, like we discussed right. when we watched the first one a couple of weeks ago. But it was just like, holy crap, how bad that was. 
that you really have... you really cannot claim you weren't warned about that though. I, no no I, mean, I, I know, well no I, I listen I don't I don't have any <laughs> any illusions to three or four either but I'll get to no, I um, think four is a lot better than the other two um, it's like the Hellraiser but, series like they go down yeah. and down and down and then they start to come back <laughs> up again nowhere to like, go but up with, with like number seven um I watched uh, I watched an interesting movie from the from the mid seventies called Day of the Animals, um, which was not a great movie, but it was interesting because it was uh, I want to say it was like nineteen seventy four, and it was one of the earliest movies I ever saw. It was right after that initial report came out about how fluorocarbons from aerosol cans were destroying the ozone layer, and they didn't they had no idea what the oh, effect yeah. of the extra the extra infrared uh radiation was going to do to the to the to the earth and basically basically the movie says that it's going to drive all the animals crazy and make them attack every human they see which was which was kind of fun i gotta say well they almost Um, got it right it's the humans that went crazy not the animals so well good point Um, commentary i love it and and they were (laughs) and they were all being led by a golden eagle so that was that was kind of cool he he would just show up but it was great because it was literally just shots of various 70s b actors hiking in the woods and then a bunch of miscellaneous like extra national geographic animal footage of like a bear or a mountain lion or some or some some turkey vultures and then and then the the eagle would go and then and then they'd show like a, a mountain lion would get thrown at a guy you know and, and they would just <laughs> out of nowhere or a wolf would run out from between the two tents and were eat there a any, guy were there just, any puppets were there any puppet animals or, no, or no 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 they were stuffed animals no and i was looking because i thought i was hoping that they were just gonna like throw some stuffed dogs at like you know for, oh here's a wolf <laughs> jumping on a guy um <laughs> But no, uh, yeah. So and then I watched uh, a a mediocre. It, it felt made for TV, but I wasn't sure. Uh, David Strathairn called "Evidence for Blood." Uh, crime writer goes home to his small town. It was okay. It was an Amazon thing. Uh, and then I came across a movie called Shanghai, which came out in 2015 with John Cusack, um, Ken Watanabe, Chow Yun Fat, Gong Li. And it's about, you know, the Japanese and Chinese right at the break of the breakout of World War II. Ooh, Gong Li, you have my attention. Right? A little um, nurse. And I had, I had not, and it was, well, it was great because they used Japanese actors to play the Japanese. They used Chinese actors to play the Chinese characters, uh, which I really appreciated. Uh, and, then, and then they threw um, uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan and John Cusack in the middle of this as American spies. So, wow. Uh, it was really interesting. Uh, and I actually ended up uh, it was it was it was it was good. Not great. Uh, we'll watch anything with John Cusack in it. So it doesn't matter. Uh, and then I followed that up with a rewatch of Havana, which I had not seen in a very long time. And I had forgotten how long it feels because it moves really <laughs> slow. Um, and then Sunday morning, I opened up my day with another Mo Brothers film. Uh, I finally watched Headshot which is uh, Kimo Stambol and Timo Jahanto and uh, Iko Uwais in lead doing all that wonderful uh, Thailand or I'm sorry, Indonesian martial arts stuff. Mm. Watched uh, Bride of Reanimator. Uh, oh a, a, a very, very strange movie that, I, that I, I don't know why I never saw this. And Latham, you might have seen this out in the theaters early thousands called Eye of the Beholder with Ewan McGregor uh, and Ashley oh, yeah. Judd. Oh, man, that I didn't see it. I it's, it, it, borders, it borders on surreal. 
It is really weird. That's a good way of saying bad. No, it wasn't. That's it. It wasn't bad. Once you finally get to the end, you're just like, what did I just watch? What's that? Because you expect an ending that's going to wrap things up and it doesn't. Yeah, I didn't think that was good when I saw it. That's that's why I was saying. I just thought. I I remember wishing the ending was a little, a little, a little tighter, a little better, a little tighter. Uh, And falls down the mountain. Oh man, I'm sorry. That was. I was going to say Ashley Judd gets attacked in a dungeon, but okay. Sometimes I just speak before I think. So, no, I know you think very well before you speak. Uh, trust me. Yeah. Um, and then I watched uh, Tequila Katie Sunrise Hines again. In that just, movie. What oh, Tequila fuck? Sunrise is awesome. I watched. Te- I watched Tequila Sunrise again. <laughs> what was that like? Mm-hmm. Oh, this weird cast from Eye of the Beholder: Katie Lang, Jason yeah. Priestley, Sylvia Bujol. Yeah. Directed this crap. Stephen Elliott. Stephen Elliott. Okay. I don't, I don't know what director. else he's done. And you have done, oh, he did Adventures of Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, which is pretty. Oh, okay. Oh, um, solid. The rest is um, basically a toilet. Um, <laughs> okay. Although I've seen wow. none of these you know, movies. So I probably should just shut up at this point. I want to go, I want to give house to uh, kudos for a, a pretty good, a pretty good tag house to the second story that's pretty good that's the best part of the movie oh, you oh, you yeah. hear that and you go wait a minute <clears throat> this might work yeah and that's clever the writer is clever here no house two may may this may be the first movie the first sequel that i saw that and i said oh sequels can suck i wasn't aware of that because <laughs> Because every sequel, Superman 2, Empire Strikes Back, every sequel I've seen so far in my young life has been pretty, been pretty great. Uh, this is awful. This is why they do this. <laughs> this is not one of those. No, not at all. <laughs> not at all. That is Highlander 2, pretty bad. Oh. That's the king of the later. worst. That came later, though. RoboCop 2 for me. Oh, really? That was one of the worst sequels I've I ever seen. I kind of like that movie. I was so, I was so, 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 so looking forward to that, and I, I that was, I, that was my experience of like the first, the first cinematic disappointment. Like, it was like, it was like this is. I remember just halfway through the film, just, just leveling with myself. Like, this is not good. How is this not good? Dude, that's Irving Carter. Empire Strikes Back, man. Yeah, see, I, I, I felt like that movie. I was like, I remember being puzzled by that film the first time I saw it, but then going like, oh, but, but, I'm, but I, I'm liking what it's doing. I just have to readjust my expectations. But like Highlander 2 was like, Highlander what, the, 2 is, what, yeah. what the fuck is happening? Oh, Why, I remember someone, seeing Highlander 2. We, we went to, the, I think we went opening night, my friend and I, and we were like, we were, we were serious, serious aficionados of the first film. And apparently we were in an audience full of people, full of other aficionados, because as soon as they announced <laughs> that the, that the immortals were aliens, there was a collective groan. Oh, that rose I remember that room. moment when it, <laughs> it came up on screen, the Chiron came up, the planet Zeist. And yeah. we, ever, we all just looked at each other like, what, what is happening? What are they I doing? Think, no, I, think, I think that bad was choice. the first. I think Why that was one of the first, <laughs> I think that was one of the first movies where I was like, how how did the people who made the first one make this one? And it was the same people. It wasn't same even people. like someone came along with another vision. It was the, you couldn't even blame it 
on someone else. You had to, I'm sure there's you, a story there that I'm not aware of. Yeah. And you're like, yeah. wow, that first movie. And then you see all the other Highlander uh, films after it. And you're like, that first movie was a fluke. Yeah. That's, that, that, that's, that's, that's the way it know? happens sometimes. But yeah. the, and I think, I think the TV personally, I find the TV show is comparable to the movie, to the yes, first movie. I agree. But but the the other films are like I, you can't I, do I, no TV show about Planet Zeiss. Get the fuck out no, of here. Yeah, we're not. We don't have the budget for it. We might as well just go back to that weird Wait, idea that we Zeiss had for the, the first planet film. from Crawl. No, that was Same Universe was the planet oh. Crawl. Oh, yeah, okay. the planet, yeah, that crawls <laughs> on the planet Crawl. A wave and a sword pull each other out. Next planet over. Yes, uh, it was the next planet so, over. So oh, that's the, in the same system. <laughs> Um, so that was movies. So now TV. <laughs> oh, oh, come on, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> I managed on our next to, I segment, managed, books. I love it. <laughs> I, I managed to make it through 10, two 10 episode seasons of Tin Star. Fuck me. Oh, is that any uh, good? How is that? No, not Longmire. Oh, it is. Oh, no. No, 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 no. <laughs> and I'll tell you this. So my my biggest problem with the first season of Tin Star is they really like that narrative device of opening the show with a big emotional vent they would normally put at the end of the show huh. and then cut to eight hours earlier. Oh, boy. Mm. And then they take you to that event with five minutes left and you realize that that event does happen, but, but not the way little, you thought there's it was a little more to it than yeah. what they showed you. Well, that's, that's actually the only, that's actually the, my, someone, a writer told me, uh, that's the only reason to do that. If you're going to show something and then rewind and come back to it. Right. Uh, it's because you're, your impression of what's happening should be changed now yes. by the experience. Well, Otherwise, and they are using it to that time. effect, but they did it like six out of the 10 episodes in the first season. And it just, it lost its effect because you saw it and you're like, okay, well that's clearly not what's going to happen. So I'm going to wait for what's really going to happen. Um, the second season starts off so all over the place and I mean, it starts off the from the exact minute in the end of the first season. There's no time jump, nothing. And it didn't get coherent until about episode seven. <sighs> and if I was watching this on a week to week basis, I would have I would have given up by easily the second or third episode of the second season. So you had a That's Hannibal moment. Yeah, you had a Hannibal season three moment. That's well, yeah, your, yeah, your Hannibal season three moment. Yes, exactly. Um but by the time it gets to episode seven, everything clears up and the last three episodes are good. So it, there is. Did, enough... did, did, did those middle episodes make the first few episodes make more sense? No, oh, no, I, th- really I just I think the, I think the way that they were handled. It was poorly done. I just think that they. I don't they know. ended up going on a lot of tangents to fill space, it felt like. I felt like they were taking a lot. I felt like they were taking the long road to get everything to episode seven. Is it network? I mean, how many episodes was it? So here's the thing. I thought it was an Amazon original show. I mean, it's listed as an Amazon original, but they bought it from Sky in the UK. So there is right. actually a third season that just aired in the UK in December and is not available in the US yet. Now, it's only six episodes and it wraps up the whole show. 
So use a VPN. I, well, it. yes, I can, I can, I can do it that <laughs> or, way, or or other ways. Well, it's not on, uh, it's not on Amazon over there either yet. It was just uh, other wow. than other than Sky Atlantic, it has not, it's not anywhere streaming yet. Anyway, uh, and then Deirdre and I started watching uh, a British cop TV show called Hinterland, uh, which has three seasons on Netflix, uh, five episodes a season. Each episode is about 90 plus minutes long. So it's wow. essentially hmm. each episode is basically a movie. Right. So we watched the whole first season, which is four episodes. And we started to watch the second season. It's basically a London cop moves to Wales, this little nowhere, middle of nowhere town in Wales to become a police officer. And now in the second season, you're only now just learning why. Because the first so, season oh, wow. he can't understand a fucking word they're saying, right? Well, that's the fun part. Oh, I'm really right. Okay. The fun part is showing a word in Welsh and then they say it and you're like, how does that work? Because yeah. <laughs> there's no because there's no vowels. <laughs> I have a distinct memory of watching an episode of the young ones, but it wasn't uh. they weren't speaking English English. They were speaking like UK patois english and not being able to understand a goddamn word but my friend who was from british guyana was cracking up and she understood every word they were saying and I, i've never okay. been able to track this down they they must have filmed it filmed two different versions uh huh. I, I i'm pretty sure i was sober and that this actually happened <laughs> uh, I swear I've, I've, I've been i've been in london and hearing two people speaking english and not being able to understand a goddamn thing they were saying uh yeah but the, the thing and the thing the other thing about tin star is i feel like there are there are characters that are very clearly part of the main narrative and are interlocked mm -hmm. with the other main characters and yet they are either, if you want to call it underutilized or just they just kind of disappear for an episode or two and then they show up, not necessarily to even have an impact, but they just want to kind of basically like, hey, remember, this guy's still around. Right. It's, it's just it's got a really weird feel to it. It's not it's not the ensemble isn't handled as well as we, we the Hassan brought up Longmire because uh, I just finished the the last season of Longmire last week, day uh, Dennis, and uh, Hassan and I feel that Longmire is almost as good as Justified um, mm. on, a, on a full six season run. The thing about the thing about Justified, Justified is fantastic all the way through. It does have a couple of, of low dips, you know, in there in the middle. Longmire is basically stays the same level through six seasons and it's all good it's there's, great there's no low spots you never watch an episode and are like well ah, that episode was okay who's who's in that who's the, who's the lead the main guy is a guy named robert hunter uh he's an australian actor um but it's got katie sackhoff is one of his deputies oh that one right yes right. yeah it was uh a, it was uh what was it on originally a and e amc amc and then AMC. it moved to netflix and netflix did three seasons after it was canceled so um but and yeah, and amazingly didn't dip the quality or anything like that. Well, was... you know, they all they did was just move the production over yeah. to Netflix and Netflix was willing to foot the bill. So, you know, 
I think everything. Yeah, was six pretty, seasons is a lot. Everything was pretty well established, and you know, so I think I, that I, they can. I love Justified, uh, my, but my my problem with that show all the way through uh, is that they should have killed Boyd in the first episode, like they were planning to. And I guess Boyd Boyd Crowder, right? That was the that was the yes, Walt Goggins. Uh, they were gonna they were gonna kill off Boyd, like he dies in the short story that the pilot is based off of. Yes, and I get I get that he's so because he's great. Walton Goggins is amazing, but they they kept trying to. They were just doing so many somersaults to keep inserting him into the main narrative that I was always like. I like this actor. I like what he's doing, but he doesn't. It just feels like they're making this happen. I get and what he you should mean. just go away, and we should get other things happening. I get what you mean, but to I guess I guess to me, I would say that I never I never felt like it never felt uncomfortable enough to me to stand out. And I think that it was important to have him there because the final scene in that show. Sure. Is yeah, so no, brilliant because he's still around. And that just well we're 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 probably gonna Hassan and I and I'm we're gonna uh, include Latham too, because Latham's never seen an episode of, of Justified. Um we're we're thinking about doing a rewatch podcast just about Justified. And then we'll uh we'll bring Todd in for the for the three or four episodes he's on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so just a just a podcast. Just a podcast, <laughs> just a pod. Just a pod. Um, um, so yeah, so uh, I think we've all suffered enough. Time to okay. uh, time to move on. Please do. Uh, moving on to Dennis's follow up, uh, guilty pleasure, if you like. Xanadu. The second greatest movie ever made. Open your eyes and hear the magic. Xanadu. It's a love story about a boy and girl from two very different worlds whom no one can keep apart. It's a spectacular entertainment that will transport you beyond your dreams. Universal Pictures announces the most dazzling romantic musical fantasy in years. Starring Olivia Newton-John, Michael Beck, and Gene Kelly. Xanadu. Hey, Dennis, this is where we're going to part ways. Xanadu. Produced, produced by the legendary Joel Silver, producer of Die Hard. From, from 1980, directed by Robert Greenwald, the running time head. of 96 minutes. A thoroughly modern musical about a down-on-his-luck artist is visited by a muse and through a series of events not only makes an important new friend who was once also helped by the same muse, but is allowed the opportunity to fulfill his dreams. Dennis, tell me why you love Xanadu. The artist's dream, let's start off with this. The, the dream of the artist is to open a roller disco. <laughs> not to be a famous artist, not to have his own studio, 
to be to open a roller disco. What you're not you're not giving movie? him enough credit because he 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 put aside his wicked ways. He he quit the gang that he belonged to, right? I know. To become a painter. This, this right? movie ruined <laughs> this movie ruined his his career, Michael Beck's career, right? Uh according to Michael Beck. Well, Warriors came out. <laughs> the other reasons why it is his career didn't go where he thought it should go, but according to Michael Beck, this was one of the things. Oh, that, there, are there are there other reasons? I I don't know. I'm just oh, okay, saying okay. that's thought, the only the only thing. Drugs. Is there another reason? I thought the we were talking only, about drugs or alcohol. Or the something. only okay. story right. we hear as to why his career got ruined was his and it, it about this movie. So it leads I mean, you to believe. If you I mean, live lo- lifelong enough, there's another story out there somewhere. That's I mean, all. we are we are in a period of film history when we're still we're still in that zone where one one really bad disaster can really fuck up your career oh, permanently. Yeah. I don't think we're living that right now. I think I think you think nowadays if someone's in a big hit movie and the second one's not so great, but a third one's coming and that's good. They'll they'll get by. They can. That was a Richard Dreyfus logic for Jaws, right? He was in the. He was in a really. He he turned down Jaws, and then he was he saw himself in in his most recent movie uh, in a screening, and he thought he was so bad at, in that movie that he should uh, he should take yep. the job. He should take Jaws so that so maybe maybe have that's another the movie trick. coming out. The trick is to have that third movie ready to go. Like that. What this wasn't <laughs> good, but one's coming. I got another great. one. Don't you worry. This, this movie hit me at the exact right time. It was about an artist. It, it was the first time that I was aware as a I'm eight years old or something. And I'm like, oh, art can be a, a, the idea of a commercial artist, a professional artist blew me away. <laughs> uh, it had Greek mythology in it. And it had a soundtrack Florida. that to this day is still the soundtrack blows my mind. Electric Light Orchestra. The soundtrack is the only thing about this film that did well. That made money. <laughs> oh, the, yeah, the, the, the soundtrack made a, a shit ton of money. Uh, so it's just, and it's just, it's just so much fun. It's got a Don Bluth cartoon right in the middle of it. Uh, yeah, we'll get to that. <laughs> this movie is just such a ton of fun. It's got, it's got Gene Kelly. It's this movie's crap. Sadly. It's awful. But it's just so much fun. It's so earnest. It's so good-hearted. Everyone's just nice, and everyone's just having a fun time at the roller disco. I just, I, I love this thing. It's colorful. It's got colors and nice music. I just love it. I love. Yeah, this sound like this is sentimentals. You don't get points for good-hearted. <laughs> it's well, kinda, well, that's not enough. <laughs> so, so I had never seen this. <laughs> And I have to say, I don't know if anyone else, any of you had seen this before, prior to this viewing. Oops, Latham, you'd seen I, it? Okay. Oh, yeah. So, Hassan, you I, had I, not seen it. I had not seen it. Okay. Oh, good, uh, good, good. I have to say, well, first of all, let me start off with Deirdre's comments. Uh, <laughs> two minutes, two minutes into the film. Had she ever seen it? She had never seen it. Okay. And uh, she asked who picked it. And as she normally as she normally does. And I said, I said, Dennis. And she goes, OK. And she <laughs> said and she said. It starts off and he's in his thing and he, and he where he, he, you know, he starts off and he's, you know, the credits are rolling over the top of him drawing in his home studio. And right. then he and he takes the very nice watercolor sketch and tears it up and throws the pieces out the window. And he just turns to me and says, great. 
So this starts off with self-doubt and littering. <laughs> and I, I, I just felt the necessity to, to deliver that. Uh, now, to, and, to, be, to be fair, you told her that this was a guilty pleasure of mine. Not that I course. actually oh, yeah. thought it was good. No, no, no. Okay, of course. Right. Of course. She, she can't be it. impugning my reputation. No. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so uh, that being said, I have to say I didn't hate this movie. Uh, mm, I it, I thought it was. Wait, what? Yeah. Let me get, let me go through my points. Uh, so the Gene Kelly Olivia Newton Don John dance sequence. Uh, that was great. That was was great. the clearly the high point of the film. Yes. yes. And it literally made me want to go and watch Gene Kelly films. It was so nice to see him in action again, even at his age, uh, which, which was, I mean, he was only in his seventies at that point. Uh, I was, uh, I was ecstatic, um, you know, after reading up and, and finding out he, ha- he actually had that, they shot that sequence on a close, he demanded a closed right. set uh, with just him, Olivia, a cameraman, a sound guy. And I think a choreographer that he, right. had, he had become friends with. And that was the only people allowed on the, in that room to film that sequence. The two bands sequence when they go to visit the site and they do that thing where Gene Kelly sees the big band and and uh, and Michael Beck sees the tubes playing, which I instantly as soon as I saw Fee Waybill, I'm like, is that Fee Waybill? Is that the tubes? <laughs> Deirdre jumps online. She's like, yeah, it's the tubes. And I'm like, holy shit, I can't believe I fucking recognize that guy. Um, that whole sequence, it starts off very clunky. And when they finally and mesh the two groups together physically the two sound stages and and move them together mechanically it's so smooth and so well done that i i instantly had a i had a love for that sequence as well i just really liked the fact that it was all done and to watch that done with no camera trickery uh was just really refreshing the animated sequence oh you're gonna break my heart has absolutely no place in this movie uh, for yeah. a couple for a couple of reasons. You're one, right, right. one, they needed an extra song and they're like, well, rather than try and figure out a way to shoehorn this into the movie, let's hire Don Bluth Animation Studios to animate a sequence and we'll just drop it in the middle for seemingly no reason, which is exactly what it. they did. And we'll turn them into fish. Uh, Love it. And birds. Yeah, whatever. I, that, that was the I, that honestly that that that's the point where the movie almost lost me. You know, it was able to kind of pull me back in because I knew there was only about 20 minutes left, 25 minutes. The one thing I did like, I kept looking around in the background uh, with the dancers and everyone, the other actors, because I was just looking for people like in early, early cameo or early appearances by people. Mm -hmm. Um, Did you guys I mean, Dennis, you'll know this, I'm sure. But did you guys happen to catch? uh, So one of her muse sisters, did you recognize Sandel Bergman? No. Valeria from the first Conan film. Yeah, she was the tall blonde. Nine. Yeah, and I was just like, is that? And it was. So. Good catch. Yeah, I. Uh, this is Gene Kelly's final film. Uh, he didn't do, he made a, I think he made a, uh, did a couple of TV shows after this, but beyond that, he didn't, he never made another feature film. It's weird. It's got, it's got kind of a reverse death takes a holiday to it where, you know, where a mortal, in this case, right. a mortal falls in love with an eternal being. And I, I thought it was, <laughs> I thought it was funny because they do that whole sequence where he magically, you know, skates into the into the painting on the wall with the muses, and he's suddenly in 
God world and he's having the right. conversation and Zeus is talking to him. And, you know, him and him and his wife have having clearly having. Is that uh, John Gielgud, by the way? Is no, the it's uh, Wilfred Hyde White actually okay. was the was the voice of Zeus. All right. It was just funny because they're both they both are actually having a problem remembering what means a minute, what means and forever. The century. <laughs> yeah. and they keep, they're like, I can never keep those two straight. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, 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 listen, the movie overall is incredibly cute. Cute's a really good word for it. There, I, I would I would probably really like this movie at an hour long, but that being said, it's uh, it's very much of its time. It's you know there's you know I mean according to Olivia Newton John, they were literally the script for this movie was written while they were filming it, um, right. which honestly makes sense. Uh, it's funny that that you know watching this the way it was produced, the way it was shot and put together, the fact that this wasn't a stage present, a stage production before it became a movie is really surprising because it's literally put together as a movie, almost like a stage production. I think that's very much the way that they were. I, I think they had these songs. They had the star. They had right. these songs. And I think someone, you know, my take on it is that someone just didn't say we need to stop and like a stage production, write the book so that the story makes sense. Right. And someone said, oh, well, we'll figure it out. And they just didn't. They just didn't figure it out. <laughs> and they just didn't figure it out. They just didn't figure it out. Um, I love that the um, the title is once again taken from Samuel Taylor Coleridge's po- uh, poem, Kubla Khan. Um, I, you know, I, I, again, I can't, I, I can't hate this movie. It's, it's too, there's too much, there's too much fun about it. Like you said, there's a, there's a, there is a level of lightheartedness to it that, that makes it for me impossible to really hate, you know, it's not great. You're right. It's not a great movie, but is it entertaining? Yeah. I don't know that I'll ever watch it again, but I certainly was entertained. When for, you come over. We'll put it <laughs> as long as we can fast forward through the animated part. Oh uh, man, Hassan, why don't you why don't you talk to me about uh, your experience with Xanadu today? Here we go. I'd rather not. <laughs> oh, was there any, let me ask you this: Was there anything about it that you found charming in the least? As I said, uh, I think the i I think the tap dancing scene was actually great. Um, I was impressed with Olivia Newton-John uh, being able to keep up with Gene Kelly. You know, uh, right. she's not known for being able to tap dance. Right. I'm sure, I'm sure she's got many skills above uh, above what she's famous for, but she's not she's not exactly renowned right. for that. So the fact that she, I mean, it was bullshit because she was in heels. Um, yeah, you know, whatever. But it doesn't matter. That doesn't. Who cares? Um, also, if you're if you're a lunatic, you can notice that a lot of the taps are off. That they're not, you know, that a lot of times they're tapping off. But I mean, again, who cares? That doesn't matter. She she did a great job. I was convinced that she was tap dancing. I was convinced that uh, she had captured his heart at one point right. in the earlier story. So that 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 whole sequence worked. Um, I mean, I got where this movie was going, like you know, right away. As soon as you know, as soon as he throws the the, as soon as he throws his uh, artwork out. 
and knew exactly what the whole, I, I you could you can understand the whole movie from start to finish at that point right then and there it's like all right i got you right and it doesn't really matter it's it, nothing is original so no a lot of a lot of good movies telegraph what they're about right at yeah, the beginning that doesn't bother me at all it's just um it he there's a there's a it, it runs a weird gambit because between liking the, the what's his name swan <laughs> between liking him and disliking him for some of the choices that he makes i mean he's kind of a naturally decent person you know um striking up the conversation with gene kelly at the beach you know them hanging out with each other long enough like that you know there's he's, he's very affable but yeah. then in some other cases like he, he you know he has already he's already come back to this job you know with his with his hat in his hand and he's still bitching at his boss, you know, and then he's got other he's got a, he's got his fellow employees there and they're obviously all there to pay the rent. So they're like, hey, man, let's just be cool. And he's just fuck this place. And fuck out. You know, like, you know, people like that, you know, like, man, this job already sucked. And now this guy's going to come back and piss all over it while I'm working here. So it's a little stupid thing like that. Just kind of get on my nerves. These lights, these lights just suck, 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 suck the <laughs> yeah, life out of you. Like a- it's sucking the juice right out of my eyes. Um, hey, go back, go back home and paint your own stuff. What do you do? Your that's job? what a, that was another thing I was saying. But plus, the boss is like this despicable person, inexplicably <laughs> despicable, right? Because he well, could have been uh, like, he could have been like, "Look, way. man, while you're here, you got to paint what I ask you to paint. That's how I. That's why I pay you. It's it's just it's it's like one of those things, like right. a a little piece of dialogue that cleared this whole thing up. I'm paying you money to paint what I ask you to paint. When you go home." You do whatever the fuck you want, and you come back at some point with some of your art. I'll look at it. If I love it, I'll try to sell that too. I would have just totally tried to, you know. And the kid wouldn't have listened because the movie would have stopped at that point, and we wouldn't have gotten the rest of the film. So right. understand, <laughs> I understand what. But um, I mean, it's the story is broad in, again in the way that you know a lot of Broadway musicals are very broad. They they're they're for gra- they're for grandmas. It's not as broadness that that was a problem. I mean, I, I've some of my favorite movies are are musicals. I don't have any any issue with it with its cuteness. I don't have any issue with it the the time it was made. I do have some problems with the with the what with those those eighties light effects that that oof that they spent way too much money on. <laughs> yeah, they did. I mean, they yeah. were cool. They were cool at the time. That's all I can say. Um, so <laughs> I thought they were. I, I thought they were fun. <laughs> Look, as I, as I usually say, it was it it wasn't difficult to watch. I wasn't cringing while I was watching it. It was there was a lot of uh, absurdity to it. There was there's a lot there's some really bad acting in it. Uh, Swan's yes. not one of them. He was he was that's the it's kind of the same uh, aspect of uh, of Bugsy Malone where all those kids are doing or acting as kids until Jodie Foster shows up. And then you, you're suddenly well aware of how bad the other right. kids are. As, as, <laughs> right. You know, you're like, Holy that, that, shit, these kids are terrible. It's interesting that you say that because I actually think one of the main faults of the film is that I think Michael Beck is miscast. I don't, I don't think he's does See, fine. I liked him. I think he I was Michael Beck. Yeah. I think he was okay. He, he is such an eighties uh, you know, avatar, you know, an 80s, yeah. like, you know, cliche. So yeah. that's He's got an 80s face. He's got yeah. different faces that <laughs> typ- got your 80s typify their, their faces that typify eras. Uh, yeah. Like, for example, uh, Breakfast at Tiffany's. Um, um, help me. Audrey uh, Hepburn. Audrey Hepburn. There are faces that typify eras, and he is definitely like 
I play like 78 to 81. That's the face. Yeah, that's the that's the face, which is not a problem. I mean, that's and the, the movie was made in the 80s. So I mean, yeah. in, in 80, as a matter of fact. So so heck with it. You know, just just, you know, if you're if you're an 80s movie, be an 80s movie. You know, if you're going to be a bear, be a grizzly it, it, bear. It embraces it. Yeah, I, I think I think that that you actually touch on another thing I think is a real problem from the inception of the film is this idea that we're going to do what is essentially a classic Hollywood musical, like the one we haven't done in, at that point, f- 15 years or, or so, but we're going to make it super ultra modern. And those two things uh, clash in a lot of ways. Yeah. Well, there's, there's, there's just, I mean, everything is utilitarian mm-hmm. in, in service of this really, really fantasy aspect of the story. Instead of right. like some of those old movies, like you'll, you'll, I'm not comparing these two movies just so Latham doesn't murder me, but <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, it's a wonderful life. None mm-hmm. of those characters are, u- are utilities <laughs> to the story. They're characters. A lot of the characters in this film are utilitary. You know, they like his, yes. his co-workers are utilitarian. You know, they, they don't really act very well. They don't have much to do other than to warn him that he's that 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 other than to be the one standing still while he's running, you know, that's, right. that's, you could almost that's argue that everyone beyond the main three characters are kind of utility players. Yeah, but I mean, it's blatant. Like nobody, yeah. there's the, the the film never bothers to try to flesh anything out other than what we're going for. You know, it doesn't it it doesn't try to be clever about Olivia Newton John's uh you know uh, muse status. It doesn't try to be mysterious. And then so right. so right, that's true. In in some aspects of of him chasing after her, he it just starts to look. It starts to take on a a, a kind of dark, obsessive kind of uh, you know. And then it hmm. becomes cute again when he when he goes in, he goes into an abandoned theater to follow the girl into an abandoned theater for some reason. It's a different time. It's a different time. <laughs> sure, sure. No, but I will, I will yeah. absolutely, uh, I will absolutely. If it was the 70s, you wouldn't be saying it was a different time, though. No, you right, see what right. I'm saying? No, yeah, yeah. yeah. Be, 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 be <laughs> and the 80s are supposed to be happy again. Yes. I agree with you that what would make sense structurally on the page would be a guy that falls in love with a girl that's trying to encourage him, but for some reason she's putting him off romantically who then over the course of the film discovers and we discover along with him, her true nature. Yeah. And then there's a, mo- then there's a will he or won't he uh, moment. Because if she's trying to entice him, she keeps running from him. So how are you supposed to entice someone that you're running away it's from? Muddled. It's muddled. It's muddled that I think the way you're supposed to read it is that she's trying to entice him, not romantically, but to, ex- to explore his artistic vision and to make it, I'm going to help you make you whatever your artistic vision is come to life. And I would say, I would say again, she's a, she's a failure of a muse because even Gene Kelly was in love with her. You know, I mean, it's, Oh no, no, you're you're right. It's completely muddled. Yeah. If you're going to be, if you're going to be amused and you're going to be a sex kitten in, in, in in whatever era, which is basically what she was doing. She's a sex kitten in the in the forties. She's a big band sex kitten, and then in the eighties, she's a roller skating sex kitten. So that's right. that's wow. how she lured him to where she was. She wanted him to come to the place so that he could buy Xanadu, so that they could. And then whatever her purpose was to either, I mean, if you find out at the end of the film, her purpose was to 
was to uh, to refurbish Xanadu, not even to help Michael back, <laughs> you know? So it's just, it wasn't even about him. It's just, I, it's, she's, she's it's, really just a building developer. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. She was a, you know, she's, she's a board immortal. She's a real, she's a real she estate developer. She bought, <laughs> she, she bought that building for nothing. And now she's going to sell it for millions. I th- these are flip, all. She's flipping houses. What, so. we are, what we are seeing in this film is another reason why I think it's fascinating. The, the reason I think that it, it, it holds up as what it is for so many people is because what we're seeing here is an, is a, very rough first draft that is made into a film. The all of his problems you're talking about, flat characters, mm-hmm. uh, muddled, muddled uh, intentions, you resolve by doing a second, a third, and a fourth draft until those problems are solved. And mm-hmm. the problem with this movie is that you can't you can't have a movie. You can have a conve- you can have a conventional action film that follows the tropes of the day with problems and it's going to find an audience. You can't do a movie that's this much of a concept piece, a high concept piece. We're going to do a modern version of a 40s musical. If you do that, the script has to be tight. It has to work as a story. It has to be unassailable. And uh, I, and I, my take from watching interviews and reading things about this film is I think that, the people involved were probably really genuinely excited. They thought they had a tiger by the tail. They had the money and they said, let's go. Let's, let's just, let's just make it and we'll figure it out as we go along. Like you said, yeah. and they just, and they just didn't, they just didn't yeah. figure it out. I can't yeah, I judge them on what they intended to do. I can only judge them on what the finished result was. I don't, you know? I don't mean to imply that for that reason, you should judge this any less harshly. Not at all. I'm just saying for me, it's a fascinating piece uh, that I could see like there there is something here there is something here that could have been sh- with time uh could have been shaped into something that that I mean, look maybe it would have never worked maybe it would have never worked or maybe it would have ended up being a great musical that no one connected with at the time because it's just too different from what's going on I, I'm just I'm always fascinated with we said this before so much of art is reactionary what what came before now we're going to make the next thing and it's going to have to and we're and we're going to sort of bounce off of the last popular thing and makes it the last at the last you know if the if the last james bond movie was really goofy and didn't do well then we're going to make a, a born identity movie it's going to be super gritty and realistic and it's going to blow you know the roof off this is something that in no way was trying to be reactionary to almost anything going on to time and I, I admire that and i admire that just just for that reason it's just it's too bad it, it, they could have done it well fair right you got anything else what's that no <laughs> latham? i think it's been said latham <laughs> latham your thoughts um, on, on a reviewing of xanadu i mean i i don't i don't think it's a terrible movie it's i think it's unfairly panned i mean people have that it's a joke it won the it, it didn't it create the the yeah, razzies the inspiration yeah. for the razzies yeah and it won worst picture or whatever uh i don't think that's fair uh, no mu- that is not fair the music in this mu- movie is great by tubes uh elo and uh, the song magic that's that's a yeah, amazing it's a beautiful amazing. song people love it and ironically song, today. A good disco song that made its way way past their you know at the end of the disco era you know, there's some choppy editing in here at times. There's some goofy, you know, like 
like Dennis said, it's it's a it's almost like they took a first draft and filmed that, which I agree with. But you know, anytime anytime Gene Kelly's on screen, I mean, are you kidding me? I mean, there's yeah, he owns a it. reason why they got Gene Kelly for this movie. I mean, he's just you know he's an icon, and anytime he's on screen talking or dancing or doing whatever skating you know it's you're paying you, attention almost you see, not, almost nothing else matters you're just so focused on him when they're all together True. and it's working you you see you see the movie that they saw you see the movie they wanted to make yep yep and there are flashes of that throughout that's a great point is they 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 attain that at times they just never sustained it and i don't know there's like a simple charm to this movie it's like you know, I don't, I don't love it, but I certainly would rather watch this than, you know, some other Six really overproduced. Six well, that for sure, and that garbage house. Okay, this is what have I mean, you I, done I, to Solange? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you know, that's fair enough. It, it's just, you know, you this is passive aggressive. It's, it's yeah, it's. Oh, you know what? I, I like the car. I like the cartoon sequence. I'm sorry, Steve. I I, okay. I, think I, it's, I, I totally get the the I, feeling that this just came out of nowhere because it did. But it's just that cartoon is just so. I, I maybe you disagree. I think it's so beautifully done that I, I'm just like fine. I don't care why we're here as long as belong. we're here. Yeah. yeah, I mean you can I look mean, at it that, out of place, or you can fall in with it and be like, okay, they're going for this. That's cool. To be fair. To be fair, if there was ever going to be a movie where a musical number just dropped in the middle of it that was a cartoon, it's it's this movie. Yeah, no I other mean, movie yeah. would this that fit it. That's true. I'm trying to think of a rough. I, I'm trying to think of a movie that did that. Well, well, I think uh, isn't there an animated sequence in one of the uh, Mary Poppins? No, uh, Harold and Kumar go to White Castle. I think at one point, right? Well, I don't the know. First one Clay, is there a claymation sequence in that? I forget. No, I don't remember. I, I oh, forgot okay. either. But I mean, other films have done it, but this one, you know, it, it's, it, you know, it, it doesn't not work and it doesn't work. It's just like, that's the next creative thing they want to do it. It's like this movie's full of creativity and sometimes right. the creativity drips down and doesn't work and other times it elevates and it's great. There's, you know, the color in this movie at times is really cool. The scene where they play the song Magic where she's rolling around when he walks in and there's the different, um, yep. areas of colored light um, that song don't walk away is is that that's a great tune man that's a great song um, it's just uneven but it's uneven in a good way whereas because you I didn't you know when I when I first saw it I didn't have any expectations and I was like you know what this isn't a disaster like they said it was and uh, it's you know, it, it's got charming moments. I, I, I'm glad I saw it. I'm, it's not a waste. I'm not glad I saw House last week. I don't ever <laughs> want to see that again. But this, I would tell people, hey, go see, go see Xanadu. It's, uh, you know, if you if you like musicals, it's it's a unique one you need to see. I think I think when there's big swings and they don't work, audiences can be particularly cruel. I think they could be because you know, they, they, I, I, there's a number of films in the last few years. Uh, Dark Phoenix, Fantastic Four, that people were like, this they had already decided before they came out that they were other disasters. And I don't know what you guys feel about those films. Those aren't great films, but I'm like, I saw Dark Phoenix. I'm like, this isn't an incompetent film. Right. I saw Fantastic Overly Four. Overly derided. Right? 
Yeah, there's like this. This is this is this is being presented with something that you usually probably wouldn't want, even if it was great. And the fact that it's not perfect or not well conceived adds fuel to the fire. You know, look, yeah. it's a business. What this reads to me more like anything else is we've got these songs. I'm Joel Silver, and I'm Lawrence Gordon. I'm both. I'm both of us at the same time for some reason. Mm-hmm. I've got. I've got. I've got Joel the Gordon. songs. I've got the songs. I've got Olivia Newton-John. Gene Kelly just signed on, but we've only got him for six weeks. We got to go. That's what this Let's feels like more than anything else. There's just, there's no time to write, to write a, to sit down and, and yeah. polish a screenplay yeah. for six more yeah, weeks. Yeah, I get it. It's and interesting, like, inter- interestingly, yeah. interestingly enough, it has the, it has the reverse formula that we normally see on uh, Rotten Tomatoes, whereas the critics rating for this film is 27, but the fan rating is 58. So you see that there is a there is a I don't want to say secret love, but there is a definitely support for this movie since it has come out, you know, in, in retrospect, not just as well, a right. Actually, Stevie, Dennis paid a hacker for that. There you oh. go. <laughs> all, all my not legitimate 80 or, uh, you know, 34. Give me a favor. I need 30 points added to this. Here's 10 bucks. Uh, also, this spawned a hit 2007 Broadway show. Yep, Finally ran, became, came to Broadway. Ran and for it was a year. Nom, nom, nominated for a Tony for Best yep. Musical. And so Best Book. And Best Book. Yep, absolutely. So Andy, another <laughs> another 80s, 70s, 80, 80s icon, Andy Gibb, was originally cast to play Sonny and dropped out. And then David Naughton, Steve Gutenberg, Griffin Dunn, and Michael Bean all auditioned for this role. I can see David Naughton doing it. Yeah, me too. He that that was one of the targets they had actually, uh, because of his Dr Pepper commercials. Right. And then Olivia Newton-John uh, suggested fellow Aussie Mel Gibson. Oh, well, there you go. Glad he didn't do it. Wow. Yeah. Might have lightened him up a little. That then we would have never got Lethal Weapon. <laughs> you know, the oh, thing, sure, the we would have, because Kurt still would have dropped out. <laughs> the thing about the thing about Andy Gibb that's interesting is it makes you wonder because one thing that occurs to me that's always been a little bit weird about this movie as as a musical is that the both main leads don't sing just just Olivia Newton John yeah that's true. Uh, and if Andy Gibb was hired was cast it would have probably been more of a duet situation they probably would both sung it. and that and that would have probably felt a little bit more normal maybe and maybe. also Andy Gibb was a huge star so maybe this would have been a hit anyway. Right. Or yeah. Um, and Olivia Newton, John turned down roles in can't stop the music and the blues brothers to star in this movie. Oh, wow. Ooh, blues Ooh boy. Ouchie, ouch, ouch, ouch. My guess would be the Carrie Fisher. That, role. You know, I mean, yes. Where are you going to wow. put her in blues? Brothers? Well, I, my guess is the Carrie Fisher role. Yeah, but she, that, she didn't get to or a musical right number. In. Or a musical right. number. Maybe it would have added a number. You want a musical number and that doesn't mm, maybe. Yeah. Nah. Uh, and then uh, apparently Joel Silver notoriously held one of his screenwriters for ransom for three days against his will. How do you uh, do that? Just let him out of the room? He said, the son of a bitch wouldn't deliver, he said, so I locked him in. <laughs> that sounds about right. <laughs> Classic. So, you're paying these guys a lot of money. He's not delivering pay. No, no, it. no. It's not good to kidnap, <laughs> Dennis. And now and now it'll come out that Joel Lock Silver promotes a toxic workplace and uh, we'll all cancel Joel Silver films. I mean, look, you feed him. You feed the guy, of course. You feed the writer. <laughs> give him a bathroom. I'll give him a sandwich. Saying, I mean, come on. I'm not, not inhuman. Cruel. 
I'm saying you owe me pages. Yeah. You owe me pages. I got Gene Kelly waiting. Right? All right. So that's Xanadu. I guess it's time to move on. Um, <laughs> go oh, down, down the tracks a little bit here. And uh, I think we'll head down the tubes. And again, the internet is not something that you just dump something on. It's not a big truck. It's, it's a series of tubes. Ooh. Actually done. Oh, it didn't happen. Um, so next is the Xanadu posters. So this is the, the USA on the Xanadu. Atheist. It's the atheist poster you've ever seen. <laughs> they just invented something called the airbrush. Let me show you how it works. I think we should use this on everything. We should use this on everything, and everything should be pastels. Everything, everything should have, have chrome on it. Chrome and a checkerboard <laughs> and a sky. Look how the sky goes from dark to blue to red to orange. And it's all smooth. We'll you spatter in some stars and we're good to go. Yeah, I don't care for this. And I don't think this captures <laughs> I don't think this captures the fun. It just doesn't. No, no it's just but, this is be this a ghost is, story. But yeah, this logo, this logo kicks fucking ass. This logo is amazing. <laughs> this logo is the movie. This 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 movie could have come from this logo. Oh my god. Someone saw this logo and said, I'm gonna make a movie based on this logo. I gotta tell you, Dennis, that uh, we were watching the movie and the, the scene in the in the club at the end when they're having the big thing before, right before she shows up again to do her little numbers. With the big, yeah. Yeah. And 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 Michael back turns and walks. You know, he turns and he goes to sit down with Gene Kelly and he's got the red jacket on with the Xanadu logo on the back. Right. I just turned to D and go, how bad does Dennis want that jacket? Oh, my God. I would love that jacket. Someone, I, and sure she's like, oh, my God, he's probably on eBay already. I'm right. sure someone on Etsy has this jacket. And I'm going to buy it. I, wasn't, I didn't want it before. Now I have to have it. Now yep. I want <laughs> so next is uh next is a, a minimalist poster uh by chung kong Art. i'll say no this is not this is not the movie this, this is not no, my no i don't even mean the style style's fine the minimalist uh, whatever you want to call it uh it's a little bit repetitive in my point of view but uh this does not evoke the movie at, at all no yeah. not in color, color not in style right. nothing right no boo uh next is the japanese poster now this is more like it yeah, it's just... this is bananas. This movie, someone would see this poster and poster go, is bananas. This bet movie N-A-N-A-N-A. cannot. Oh, You're in Japan <laughs> and you see this poster and you go, this movie, this poster makes this movie look bananas. There's no way this movie is as bananas as this. And then you see the movie and you go, poster did not lie. <laughs> this is exactly what you get. This and poster so is exactly the, what the you only get. fan art poster I found was for a potential sequel. Oh man, dude. <laughs> what uh, the I don't you. I don't this is this is not good. Written by Damien Giselle, uh Ryan Ga- oh, fuck off with this. <laughs> now if, if someone if someone painted this and they were 14, I would say keep going. Yeah, you got it eventually. If you're if you're over twenty, it's time to find something else to do. Right. To this is, you're, you're, I just you're, really you're, liked it more of the, for the title than anything else. <laughs> directed by Julie Taymor. Yeah. Jeff Goldblum's in it. Well, they were aiming far, you know. I would if you like if anyone likes the album, then I highly I highly recommend the Xanadu uh, musical cast album. 
which is terrific. Okay. I don't know if any of you know who Cheyenne, Jack- Cheyenne Jackson is, but he's a very prominent actor. He's on 30 Rock. He's a very prominent uh, actor and singer, uh, Broadway guy, and he's absolutely just terrific. Okay. Uh, so I re- highly recommend it. Well, uh, Dennis, uh, my friend, thank you. Thanks thank for, you. Uh, this, is a, this is a great pleasure. Thanks for, thanks for coming on and hanging out with us. Appreciate you staying up late. You're and very uh, we'll we'll definitely we'll definitely have you back, and you can bring us two more uh, two more nuggets. Let me, let me know when this is going up, so I can uh, post it on the social medias and all that other kind of stuff. Yeah, Lay. No, I was cool. saying goodbye. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Hi, everyone. Say bye, Dennis, and thank him. Thanks, Dennis. It's nice to Good meet to you. Good to see you again, it was, Dennis. It was a pleasure. Good to see you too. Then we'll see get you together buddy. when all this uh, when the world's normal again. You got it, pal. Yeah. All right. Bye. See ya. Bye. Thanks to Fesley and Music. Please check out our website at cinementalpod.com for all the poster images we discuss on our Down the Tube segments. And don't forget to download and subscribe to Cinemental wherever you enjoy your podcasts. You can always listen to new episodes at cinementalpod.com. Also, you can follow us on all major social media accounts at Cinementalpod. For Hassan Godwin, Lathan Conger III, Dennis Calero, and myself, we say thank you so much for listening. And as always, in the words of our friend and disco hotspot muse, Truman Burbank. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night.